Greetings in Jesus' precious name this morning. It's been a blessing to be in the house of God. Amen. Praise the Lord. I'd rather be in the house of God than, how did David say, in the tent of wickedness? Or I'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house of God than in the tent of wickedness, or how he said that. Well, greetings to you all this morning. It's good to have you visitors here. Uh, yeah, and all welcome to you all home folks and those that are not here. If you're listening in, God bless you too. And if Jonathan's and Michael's are listening in or not, but uh, yeah, may God be with you down there in Haiti. And we are reminded of uh, <clears throat> this morning of what just happened there. Was it Friday night? <clears throat> and maybe we'll pray before we go into the message here and also pray for the families there that were involved. Probably most of you heard that uh, two, two fathers, two husbands got killed in an airplane accident. Actually, there was six of them all together, but the two were from up in uh, Darwin Hustetler's church there. <clears throat> so they need our prayers. Um. <clears throat> uh, yeah, so I, uh, I guess this morning I have a message that I want to share, and uh, I, uh, we're going to be looking or going into the book of James. James chapter 3 is where I want to start this morning, and I wasn't quite sure. I have a couple of different accounts or passages of scripture that I want to look at this morning. <clears throat> And, uh, but, uh, Brendan had asked me, when was it Wednesday night? I think whether I want to complete his message, I'm not sure where Brendan's at with his opening. He's, he was going to, well, he had the opening this morning and I, I said, well, I'm not, I'm not sure what I, I'm, I maybe didn't say too much, but I was thinking, well, I'm not sure how well I could do that, but, uh, God can do it much better than I can. <laughs> so I think, uh. Yeah, everything, the messages will go together very well, and even the children's lesson. So let's, let's pray. Shall we close our eyes and pray? Seek the Lord. <clears throat> Father, we come to you this morning in Jesus' name. Lord, we worship you. We praise you. We thank you for this day. Thank you, God, that we can be here together seeking you, Lord, looking to you, hearing from you, worshiping and praising you. Oh God, I pray, Father, have your way in each one of our hearts, in each one of our lives, God. Lord, I pray that we would be here with expectation. Oh God, hearts that are looking to you. Lord, we all have needs, Father. And I pray, God, that every, every person that walked through these doors and those that are listening in, God, that you would somehow meet the need of the hour. Lord, we need you. We're a needy people, God. And Yes, like the opening, we're dependent upon you, Lord. And we thank you, God, that you love us and you care about us, Lord. And you want to meet our needs, Father. Help us, O oh God, to have faith, to believe you, to trust you, Lord. O oh God, we pray. Have your way here this morning. Continue to have your way, Lord. I pray, God, as we look into the word again, O oh Father, that you would bless your word, Lord, and help me, O oh God, to have clarity of thought and mind and, 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 and to be able to, 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 to share your heart. O oh God, I pray. 
Oh, Lord, Father, we need you, God. Help us, Lord, to, uh, to see you, oh, Father, and, 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 and be changed because of it, Lord, this morning. God, we pray, too, for the families, Lord, that lost their dad and their, and their, uh, and their husbands. Oh, God, we pray for those families this morning, Lord, that you would be very near to them, God, that you would minister to them, Lord. And, oh, Father, be with the church in Wisconsin, God, as they go through this. Oh, Lord, we pray, pour out grace, pour out, oh, God, your, uh, all that they need through this time, Lord, we pray this morning. We thank you and we praise you. Have your way in our hearts here. This Continue to have your way in our hearts here this morning, Lord. I pray, God, for you to, to, uh, to have your way in my heart, to have your way in each one of our hearts, God. Father, that we could be a different people, Lord, or that we could be changed, God, as we go in this week, Father. That it will be different, Lord. God, that our relationships with our, with, in our homes, God, that it will be different because... Lord, we were able to get a hold of a truth, Father, that can change our lives, that can change our homes, that can change our communities, that can change our church, O oh God. Father, we pray for your blessing, Lord. I cast myself upon you, and I pray and ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. <clears throat> let's, go to, uh, let's go to James chapter 3. I brought my glasses along and now I forgot to bring them up and uh, I forget where I left them. I think they're back there on the... <sighs> Brother Darrell, would you get see if they're back there? I might be able to find without them, but it's coming to the place where I can't limp any much longer. <laughs> and I did get an appointment with the doctor, so or the, the eye doctor, the, yeah... <clears throat> So let's uh, look at this account in James chapter 3. We are probably, I trust, we're all familiar with the book of James. It's a very, I, I appreciate the book of James. Uh, there's a lot in here, and, and I know I preached out of it, I think, uh, I'm not sure, maybe a couple years ago. It's just kind of an overview of James here. But I'd like to zero in on chapter 3 and probably more the latter part, even though we will touch on different aspects of James here probably. Uh, <clears throat> but the title this morning is The Wisdom That Is From Above. <clears throat> and we have that here in James chapter 3 uh, <clears throat> in verse 17, but the wisdom that is from above. <clears throat> so let's start reading here in... Uh, Maybe we'll start reading at verse 8. But the tongue can no man tame. It is an unruly evil, full of deadly poison. Therewith bless we God, even the Father, and therewith curse we men, which are made after the similitude of God. Out of the same mouth proceed this blessing and cursing. My brethren, these things ought not so to be. Doth a fountain send forth at the same place sweet water and bitter? Can the fig tree, my brethren, bear olive berries, either a vine, figs? So can no fountain both yield salt water and fresh. 
Who is a wise man and endued with knowledge among you? Let him show out of a good conversation his works with meekness of wisdom. But if ye have bitter aiming and strife in your hearts, glory not and lie not against the truth. This wisdom descendeth not from above, but is earthly, sensual, devilish. For where envying and strife is, there is confusion and every evil work. But the wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, easy to be entreated, full of mercy and good fruits without partiality and without hypocrisy. And the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace of them that make peace. <clears throat> Praise God for his word this morning. <clears throat> I uh, was thinking of uh, making, maybe just making a uh, draft here. I don't know which one of these markers work. <clears throat> Now, I added some too while Brendan was uh, sharing there, the opening, and uh, I'm not sure which order I want these, but I think uh, I'll see how this goes. Can you read that from the back? Just a couple more here. Um, There's independence, <laughs> not quite same. Uh. Oh, then we have another one that is very uh, I was vacillating a little bit with this one, but uh, I think I'm going to put it in on uh, Brendan was there in Matthew chapter or uh, Luke, John chapter 17 about being one, even as 
Jesus was praying there, even as him and the Father are one. So we put that one over here from the wisdom from above, and we put uh, separate over here. And I'll just put in set apart, is what my dictionary said. Now you could, I guess, take that two different ways, but let's take it in light of what we're looking at here this morning. So we have the wisdom that is from above, and we have the wisdom that, uh, that is from beneath, earthly wisdom. And I guess my heart this morning here is, is, is to lift up uh, heavenly wisdom. The wisdom that is from above, we, I think we heard that verse, did Brendan say it? Uh, every, every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights. That is actually in James here. Um, yes, James 1.17, every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and cometh down from the Father of lights with whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. Every good gift comes where? It comes from God. It comes from above. And Brendan was bringing that aspect out of being dependent upon God. And and John there talks about, John 15, that we can do nothing of ourselves in the Christian life. If If we want to do something that will count for eternity, we're going to have to be dependent upon the Lord. We're going to have to draw that life or that uh, wisdom that is from above. <clears throat> but if we walk, if we are walking over here, uh, we will not, we will not, uh, we won't have any effect for eternity. This is where we want to be. This is where we want to be. We want to be, uh, we want to have that wisdom that is from above. <clears throat> and I think that's pretty self explanatory. Uh, <clears throat> Does anybody have a question on, on why this is over here and why this is over here? Does that make sense? Well, I like this one. And maybe we'll just go there. Romans uh, chapter, uh, chapter uh, 8. Romans chapter 8 says, let's just read the account of Romans 8, starting at verse 1. There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit, for the law of the Spirit of life, the law of the Spirit of life, for the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus hath made me free from the law of sin and death. Hallelujah. For what the law could not do in that it was weak in the flesh, God sending His own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin condemned sin in the flesh, that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not after the flesh but after the Spirit. For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh, but they are after the Spirit the things of the Spirit. For to be carnally minded or to the earthly minded is death. 
But to be spiritually minded, to be heavenly minded, is life and peace. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. So then they that are in the flesh cannot please God. So we have this first one here, the difference between the law of sin and death and the law of the spirit of life. The one brings death and the other one brings life. We see that? Are you full of the life of Christ today? I like like to be where there is life. Amen? (laughs) You like to be where everything is dead? And that's maybe where some people, uh, yeah, the whole thing of going to a museum where everything is dead. I like to go to a museum, or not a museum, I like to go to the zoo where there's real animals. (laughs) Children, is that right? You like to see the real animals? I guess it's okay to go to the museum too, but uh, anyways, I like to be where there is life, and God likes to be where there is life, eternal life. Uh, but we have to look at this, and I, as I was drawing this up last night, I, you know, you see this cross in here? You know, the cross divides this. Uh, you know, when somebody comes to, or when somebody is lost, dead in trespasses and sin, this is where they're at. <clears throat> and then they come to the Lord Jesus and they, and, they, and, they, uh, and they confess their sins and they see that they're lost without Christ and they call upon the Lord and, they, and they're saved and they come over here. <clears throat> the, 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 the thing that I, you know, that, so if we would leave it at that, you could go home just thinking, okay, so I'm a Christian, I gave my heart to the Lord, so I'm over here. Well, there's an aspect to where we still need to deny ourselves, take up the cross, and follow Jesus every day. It's not just that automatically all this is here and, and, and this is gone. Even though there's something that happens in our hearts, we get a new heart. There's life within, praise God. We're a child of God. We are, we're, uh, uh, the Lord Jesus is alive and well in our hearts. <clears throat> But there is these things here that God still wants to work, if you will, out of our lives. And, and if we go to the next one here, I have unbroken and unbroken and broken. If you remember Andrew, I think a couple, was it a month ago already? I forget how long ago it was. I think he had an opening or a main message on brokenness. <clears throat> and, 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 and that's one thing that you and I need. We need to be broken. A person that is not broken is going to be more over here, if you will. It's going to be hard to have the wisdom that is from above because he's not broken. It won't won't come to him because he's an unbroken man. And we can just go down through there, then independent... You know, somebody that is a, a, a carnal Christian, we could put that term in there, is independent. He doesn't need what we heard this morning that like Brendan was sharing there in the opening about seeing the need of, of, of God and seeing the need of each other. We need each other. We need God. We need each other. <clears throat> do you, my brother, my sister, do you sense, do you see your need of being dependent upon God and upon each other. And I 
appreciate how Brendan brought that out this morning. Do I sense my dependency upon God? Not just Sunday, but all the days throughout the week. Do I sense my dependency upon God? Do I sense that I need that wisdom that is from above? Do I, or, or do I go my merry way and, and, and just, you know, kind of do whatever I think is right? Whatever this earthly wisdom gives to me, I, I'm fine. We're good to go. Well, brothers and sisters, we need, we need that wisdom that is from above. And then we also have, maybe I'll just finish off here, we also have selfish and unselfish. Or maybe we could have selfishness and unselfish. Am I selfish? Do I want things my way? Or am I unselfish? May God help us. And then the last one there is separate. I want to be myself. I want to be uh, in my little own little uh, whatever. But oh, to see the, 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 the oneness of Jesus, the Father and the Holy Spirit, they are one. And Jesus prayed that we would be one even as Him and the Father are one. Do we see our need? Do I see my need of that this morning? Well, it'll help us to draw or to to uh, to seek that wisdom that is from above. <clears throat> so let's just go into James here a little bit uh, more yet. Here in, uh, it's talking about, I like to look at this verse 13. It says, Who is a wise man endued with knowledge among you? Let him show out of a good conversation his works with meekness of wisdom. And as I read this, and I, as I was thinking about it, I'd like for us all to aspire to be this wise man, ladies and, and, uh, and men alike. <laughs> to, to aspire to be this wise man. Who is this wise man? He is endued with knowledge, and he also shows out of a good conversation, a, out of his life, his works with meekness of wisdom. So how is it when I don't have my Sunday best on? How is it, brothers and sisters, when I don't put my Sunday clothing on, but people see me in my everyday work? How is it? (laughs) What do they see? Maybe Sundays I look like a wise man, but maybe uh, how is it during the week? How is it? How is it for me? What am I? And I, I go back to the opening I had, I think, uh, two Sundays ago, about uh, let, where Jesus said, Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. Mm. How is my light? What is, what's coming out of me? But, anyways, here, so here we have the wise man. He's endued with knowledge and. Uh, he has a good conversation. His life that he is living is, 
is, uh, is, a, is a clear, or how should I say, a good testimony. He's letting his light shine for the Lord Jesus. And, uh, and, and his works with meekness of wisdom. What does that mean? <clears throat> meekness of wisdom. Well, I didn't look into that word a lot of meekness, but uh, it, it, somehow he walks in meekness. That wisdom flows out of, can I say, a, a meekness. We know the wisdom that is from above will not flow out of a heart that is proud. It flows out of a heart that is meek. And we can think of the, is, uh, the ladies, uh, is it in Peter there where it talks about, um, and I think of that verse now, uh, a meek and a quiet spirit in the sight of God is of great price. It's of great price. So brothers and sisters, let us aspire to be this wise man. But then he says in verse 14, if there's bitter ending and strife in your hearts, glory not. And lie not against the truth. And this wisdom is from from low, earthly wisdom. This wisdom descendeth not from above, but is earthly, earthly, sensual, devilish. And earthly to devilish, is, is that not a little bit of a, you know, here it's just earthly. But all of a sudden you bring over here, it's demonic, devilish. Devilish. This wisdom, if you have bitter, if I have bitter aiming and strife in my heart, this wisdom is not coming from above, but it's coming from beneath. It's coming from the earth. It's coming from the the pit of hell beneath. Aiming, strife, and... uh, If you have bitter aiming and strife in your hearts, glory not and lie not against the truth. This wisdom descendeth not from above, but is earthly, it's sensual, it's devilish. And that word sensual, I I just, uh, selfish, sensual, it's selfish. Probably you can put more to it than that, but that's just kind of what I zeroed in on. <clears throat> this, 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 uh, being, uh, this, this wisdom that is from below is, is uh, earthly, sensual, devilish. And then he goes on further and he says, For where envying and strife is, there is confusion in every evil work. There is confusion. Everybody is apart. Everybody is separate. There is no oneness where this wisdom is, where this earthly wisdom is. Where envying and strife is, there is confusion in every evil work. What is envy? Surely there's nobody in this room that envies. Andrew, do you envy anything? Are you tempted to envy? 
We know that that is, yeah, we're tempted to be envious. But do we give in to that envy? When we give in to that envy, then what follows is strife and confusion in every evil work. Where ending in strife is, there's confusion in every evil work. So this is not a little one. This is not a little one, and and I'm not going to spend a lot of time on on that. Uh, I want to zero in on the the good part this morning. <laughs> but I do. It's here, so I uh, I we need to reckon with it. You know. <clears throat> Am I envious of my brother, my sister? Maybe they're gifts. Maybe they can do things better than I can. And so what do I do? Because what happens when you're envious because your brother or your sister can do something better than you? you, you there, there's something that starts churning in you. And then, and, and then you wonder why there's, there is a, a, not a good relationship. Well, I think we all know why there's not a good relationship. If you're envious, why... Uh, you'll start putting that person down or it it can work that way. Because you want to be better than them, so you you tend to put them down. You're envious of what they are or what they have or or on down the line. Does that make sense? So if you find yourself putting your brother or your sister down. Maybe it's because of envy. Maybe that would be a good thing to to look at. Maybe that would be a good thing to look at. If you find yourself talking about your brother or sister in a negative way, maybe it's because you're envious. Maybe it's because I'm envious. Where envying and strife is, there is confusion. And every evil work. And that every evil work is, who knows where that will end up at. So if you, if you know that there's any envy in your heart, my encouragement to you this morning is, is to run from the, uh, flee from the wrath of God. How's that verse go? But run from that thing and, and get rid of it. Clean, get cleansing. Get, go to the foot of the cross and, 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 and clean yourself up from that envy because it'll take you somewhere. For where envying and strife is, there is confusion and every evil work. So do we need to make sure that we're getting, we're tapped into the wisdom that is from above? Uh, We should spend maybe a lot more time on this part just to to the, the, the different aspects of of how these things work out and we might touch on a little bit later but i like to just look at now in verse 17 here it it talks about the wisdom that is from above the first thing is that it's pure the wisdom that is from above the first thing is it's pure 100% 100% pure, no mixture in it. I think sometimes we have children's lesson and we put something into the water and it kind of, you know, gets dirty or whatever. <clears throat> but uh, the wisdom that is from above is 100% pure, no mixture in it, undefiled, it's pure. 
It's not mixed with selfishness and all these other things. It's pure. The wisdom that is from above is first pure. And I have some verses here in uh, James 4.8. It says, uh, Draw nigh to God and he will draw nigh to you. Cleanse your hands, ye sinners, and purify your hearts, ye double-minded. Draw nigh to God and he will draw nigh to you. Cleanse your hands, ye sinners, and purify your hearts, ye double-minded. He has that double-mindedness in there. Let us make sure that our hearts are pure. Malachi 3.3, I have down to... uh, We can turn to that quickly. And he shall sit as a refiner and purifier of silver, and he shall purify the sons of Levi and purge them as gold and silver, that they may offer unto the Lord an offering in righteousness. And then we have Matthew 5, 18. Blessed are the, blessed are the poor in heart, pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. <clears throat> so the first thing that we have here, the wisdom that is from above, it's pure. Then the next thing we have is it's peaceable. Peaceable. Am I peaceable? Are you peaceable? Am I a peaceable person to be around or am I a grump to be around? Well, Romans 12, 18 says, "If If it is possible, as much as lieth in you, live peaceably with all men. 2 Corinthians 13, 11, live in peace and the God of love and peace shall be with you. 1 Thessalonians 5, 13, be at peace among yourselves. Matthew 5, again, blessed are the peacemakers for they shall be called the children of God. Hebrews 12, 11 says, uh, I wanted to turn to that. <clears throat> that enters into the children's lesson about uh, chastening. Discipline, uh, let's see here, Twelve, eleven. now no chastening for the present seems to be joyous, but grievous, nevertheless, afterward, it yieldeth the peaceable fruit of righteousness unto them which are exercised thereby. I told Vernon that it's good to get cut, especially when you have a, whatever you had on that calf, <clears throat> And hopefully uh, you, you cut so that that, that wound or that, that, uh, that uh, infection or whatever can get healed. And so sometimes we have to get cut so that we can be healed. <clears throat> so that we can be peaceable. Maybe we're not peaceable. And then we, uh, God uh, chastens us. How does God chasten us? Does he come down out of heaven with a little pa- a paddle and spank us? How does God discipline us? 
did you ever see your daddy? Did you ever see God spank your daddy? (laughs) Well, God does chasten us because we're his children. He loves us. And that's why he chastens us. And that's why we should, parents, why we should chasten our children. Because we love them. We care about them. We see some bad character and we want that to change. God sees some bad character in us. And he wants to change us. So maybe he has to put a cut on us too. Or maybe he has to allow us to go through a hard uh, who knows what. It's different, I believe, for everyone. Because some things God could take through somebody, or God could take uh, Randall through something, and he could probably just fly through it, and he, maybe he could, and God would take me through it, and it would be the hardest day of my life. God knows how to chasten his children. And we need to, and, and all these these things are all connected, but the, uh, about the, the wisdom that is from above, the one is uh, easy to be entreated that we want to look at too later, but uh, this whole thing of, of being peaceable. God needs, if we, if we are not peaceable, God needs to chasten us. And may we allow God to chasten us. Lord, I know I have this need. I'm just more of a, a grumpy person. I'm just uh, what's what's yeah. Uh, whatever 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 you have in that in that in that realm, put your own word in. Lord, I need to be changed, and we want God just to come down and and take it away. And sometimes God does that, but there's other times when God takes us through things. And as we surrender our heart and our, and our, our, our life, we just, we just uh, cast ourselves upon God. And we say, Lord, do what you need to do. Take this thing out of my life. <clears throat> Take this unreasonableness or this uh, whatever out of my life. <clears throat> this grumpiness. Take it out of my life. <clears throat> May we allow God to work in our hearts and our lives in that way. And it takes faith. You know what? So we pray, Lord, change me. And then the next day or next week, something happens and we are in the dumps. Because uh, something bad happened. Well, maybe God is giving us an opportunity. Maybe God wants to change us. And we need to embrace that thing and say, Lord, thank you for allowing this thing into my life. I'm going to choose to trust you and believe you that you're doing this thing for my good. It takes faith. Okay, the next one is gentle. Gentle. The wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle. Mild, gentle, moderate, uh, moderation, patient, endureth all things. Philippians 4, 5, moderation. Let your moderation be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. Let your moderation, let your gentleness be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. When you realize that God is here in this situation, you can be gentle. But if you realize you think you're on your your own, 
separate, set apart, all by yourself. What happens? You, the pieces start to fly. You go and get into a frenzy because you think if this thing doesn't change, well, I don't know what's going to happen. <clears throat> be, Titus 3.2, be gentle, showing all meekness unto all men. Matthew 5.11 again. Uh, the Beatitudes. Blessed are ye when men shall revile you and persecute you and shall say all manner of evil against you falsely for my sake. Men will revile you. They will persecute you through it all. If you are walking in the wisdom that is from above, you will be gentle. You're not going to strike back. You're not going to fight back. But you're going to be gentle. And because you are gentle, because you are over here, you are letting your light shine like Jesus said. Blessed are the gentle, for they shall endure all things for my sake. They are meek. They will not fight back. They love their enemies. Next one is easy to be entreated. What does it mean to be easy entreated? Brothers and sisters, Myself, do I know what it is to be easily entreated? I think, as I, as I looked at this, I think this is a big one for all of us. <clears throat> because naturally, we're not. I think naturally we're not. Are we easily entreated, compliant, ready to obey, persuadable, willing to yield, teachable, submissive, open to reason, accommodating, Reasonable, willing to listen, not stubborn. Are you easily to be entreated? I had, we had some, shared some thoughts this past week in our uh, family devotions that we were on this thing about easily, about being easily to be entreated. And uh, yeah, there's just different things, I guess. The one, I'm not sure if we talked about this or not, but we put a metal on our roof across the road there. And, and you know, my way of putting the roof on is, where's Tyler? I think he told me you're supposed to, so the ribs of the wind doesn't come and blow into it. But you also, there's an aspect of that. So you want to put it on right so no water gets in underneath. But you also probably want to put it on so it doesn't, it depends how you lay it. It looks worse than if, if you lay it to the, if you start for the houses on the north and, and the buildings on the south. So you want to start on the south so that when you overlap it that you don't see the overlap. If you do it this way, then up in the house I'll be sitting and I'll see all those Bad laps. Not that it would matter, I suppose, but you get the point. <clears throat> but so, uh, so we have, you have two sides. You have one side here to the east and one side to the west. Or that goes, no, this is north. And, anyways, east and west. So I say uh, <clears throat> we need to start on the east first. Let's do it on the east, starting in the south coming and, and maybe there's something brought up that, well, what about, what about starting on the, on the other side? You know what? It really doesn't matter. Yeah, go ahead. Do it. <laughs> Is that easy to be entreated or say, I said you put it on the east side and that's where we're going to start. I'm the boss around here. You do what I say. Or, you know. <laughs> Are we easy to be entreated? Now, that's. For the boss, what about the, the, what about the uh, worker? We need to get both sides here. What about the worker? 
So the boss says, we are going to start on the east side. And the, and the worker says, uh, what does it say here? Compliant, ready to obey, persuadable, willing to yield, teachable, submissive, open to reason, accommodating, reasonable, willing to listen, not stubborn. <clears throat> so we all need to be what? Easy to be entreated, right? <clears throat> the wisdom that is from above is easy to be entreated. <clears throat> May God help us. May God help me. And you know when, when there is, if you have a boss and a worker, if you have both of them and they're able, and they're both easy to be entreated, you have those two. So maybe there is a problem. And maybe the, the I think of a story that I heard. Uh, maybe I heard too many stories now, I forget which one it was. But maybe there is a problem. And you can talk it through. You can talk it through. Oh, I think I know what it was now. It was a, I think it was, I heard this story, whether it's true or not, but it said something about Abe Lincoln that he, uh, he made a decision and the decision was sent to his commander chief or whoever he was and the commander chief said, no way, that is not going to work and had some words that I don't know even I want to say without really knowing that it was true or not. But anyways, so this came back to Abe Lincoln, and he said, uh, yeah, he's a wise, this commander-in-chief, he's a wise man, and, and, uh, and, uh, but pretty much he bowed his heart, and he, was reali- or he realized and he saw that he was not looking at it right, <clears throat> that Abe Lincoln wasn't looking at it right, and therefore it went, yeah. Anyways, easy to be entreated. Matthew 5, 5 says, Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. <clears throat> Blessed are the meek. The next one is full of mercy, compassion, tender, having pity on. Matthew 5, 7 again, Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. <clears throat> James 2, 12 says, Judgment without mercy. James 2, 12 says, So speak ye and so do as they that shall... Be judged by the law of liberty. Verse 13, For he shall have judgment without mercy that has showed no mercy, and mercy rejoices against judgment. So if you don't show mercy, you won't be showing mercy. If you don't show mercy to others, you won't be showing mercy to God, won't show mercy to you. It's not a little one. Are we full of mercy? Are we compassionate? Are we tender? Do we care about my brother, my sister? <clears throat> Next one is full of good fruits. And uh, <clears throat> we need to hurry on here, but uh, full of good fruits. So what do you think of when you think of the wisdom that is from above? It's full of good fruits. And, and the one I thought of automatically is Galatians 5.22. The, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, goodness, faith, and, 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 and gentleness and all those things there. The fruit of the Spirit. Full of good fruits. Am I, is my life full of good fruit? Is your life full of good fruits? <clears throat> Next one is without partiality. <clears throat> without partiality. James 2, 1 to 4 says, My brethren, count... Have not the faith of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord of glory, with respect of persons, for there are some 
unto your assembly a man with a gold ring and goodly apparel, and there come in a poor man in vile raiment. And ye respect to him that weareth the gay clothing, and say unto him, Sit down here in a good place, and say to the poor, Stand thou here, or sit under my footstool. Are ye not then partial in yourselves, and are become judges of evil thoughts? <clears throat> Partiality. Are we partial? The wisdom that is from above is not partial. It's not partial. You don't, uh, the wisdom that is from above does not treat one person different than another person. He treats them alike. <clears throat> Maybe parents, do you treat one child different than another child? Maybe one child is more compliant, praise God. Maybe they are. Maybe they have some of these uh, virtues, if you will. But what about the child that is, you know, just has a little bit more, you know, a little more stubborn or whatever. And uh, do you treat them the same way or are you harder on them? Yeah, you need, to, you need to discipline them. But I'm talking about through everyday life where you just tend to let them have it more than the other. <clears throat> without partiality, without hypocrisy. Let's look at the last one here. Without hypocrisy. Am I a hypocrite? Do I say one thing and live another? <clears throat> First Peter says, one twenty-two says, uh, I better turn to that. <clears throat> one twenty-two says, uh, Seeing you have purified your souls and obeying the truth through the Spirit unto unfaint love of the brethren, and ye love one another with a pure heart fervently. On faint love of the brethren, without hypocrisy. How does that work? Can we actually have hypocrisy on how we love our brother? We treat one brother different than another brother? <clears throat> well, you know, uh, we have all our excuses. But all those excuses fall at the foot of the, need to fall at the foot of the cross. We have ways of reasoning around ourselves and maybe let's just go to uh, Matthew now uh, Matthew chapter 5 verse 38 to 42 let's quickly turn to that the Sermon on the Mount I'd like to bring something out here uh, 538 to 42. Ye have heard that it hath been said, an eye for an eye, and a tooth for a tooth. But I say unto you that ye resist not evil. But whosoever shall smite thee on the right cheek, turn to him the other also. And if any man will sue thee at the law, and take away thy coat, let him have thy cloak also. And whosoever shall compel thee to go him out, go with him twain. Give to him that asketh of thee, and to him that would borrow thee, turn not thou away. Brothers and sisters, are we living up to what Jesus is saying here? Am I living up to what Jesus is saying here? I'm reminded of what Jesus said uh, before this, and we're getting to that in our Bible memory. He says, For I say unto you that except your righteousness shall exceed the righteousness of the scribes and Pharisees, ye shall in no case enter into the kingdom of heaven. But here is what happens. Somebody does something to us, and we start reasoning. Why did you do that to me for? Who does he think he is? Or who does she think she is? <clears throat> we start reasoning. And there is a place to reason, but not here. Okay? There's a place to think things through. But what I'm talking about here is where we start reasoning. We start saying, you know what? He was wrong in what he did there. 
we reason it away and we forget what Jesus told us to do. He said here, if somebody asks you to go a mile, and I, we're, we don't have that here anymore. I don't think here. I mean, if that ever happens, I don't know if it happens or not. It might in some instances. But I guess it used to be a real thing where a soldier would just be walking along and they'd say somebody standing beside the road or they were there and say, hey, carry this thing for me for a mile. And they were by law required to do that. And so here you have uh, a young man, uh, 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 <clears throat> Daniel, uh, and a soldier comes and says, hey, carry my goods for a mile. And so Daniel picks the baggages up and he starts whistling and singing. And, and he comes to the, to, to the mile and he had, maybe he even has a good conversation with the soldier there. And, and he ends up, hey, I'll, I'll, I'll take this the second mile. <clears throat> Is that what we do? Or are we like uh, someone else? The soldier asks him to carry and says, what are, you, what are you asking me to carry your goods? You know, starts reasoning. And we miss the heart of what Jesus is saying here. Somebody strikes you or hits you in the eye, hits you in the eye. Do you give your second eye or do you say, why did you hit me for? You see... The wisdom that is from above. If we're walking in this, that's how we will respond. Daniel walking with that soldier for two miles. It takes the spirit of, it takes the law, the spirit of life, brothers and sisters. If we're too much over here, we won't have the power to do, go that second mile with the joy of the Lord on our hearts and, and singing and praising God and, and saying, thank you, Lord, that I, I have legs to, to, to walk and I have hands to carry uh, these things for this soldier. And let me give you another story of a, of a, of a, a, a woman <clears throat> A lady, she was married and her husband, somehow they got married and her husband, uh, I don't know if she knew it before she got married or not, but she was a Christian and he wasn't. And so she was going to get her husband converted. And she did all kinds of things and even, uh, I don't know if I misunderstood or not, but to where she would put tracks in her in his uh, lunch bucket and even in his sandwich. And when I heard that, I thought, well, that was that would have been very obnoxious. Uh, you're not going to win your husband that way. <laughs> but anyways, she was desperate. She was trying hard. <laughs> but anyways, it came to the place where uh, uh, the, the marriage was falling apart. So she went to the counselor. And the, and the, <clears throat> and the counselor was a wise man. Remember, we read that in, in, in James there about the wise man. <clears throat> so this wise man looked at her and he said, what does your husband like? Split pea soup. I hate it. I'll never make it. It's terrible. It smells up the house. And he said, well, you go home and you make spit. I think that's what it was, split pea soup. And so she drove out of the driveway there and she wrestled. Apparently she wasn't Christian because she was wrestling with God and saying, I, I cannot do this. But somehow, I, I don't know, she drove around the store a couple of times and went back and forth and back and forth. And finally, she surrendered. And she said, I'm going to make split pea soup for my husband. And she, the story goes, she went home and she opened, opened all the windows and, and started cooking this split pea soup. <laughs> and here the husband comes in and he says, what happened to you? 
the story goes. I don't know if it's true or not, but uh, it sure sound, it was a good story. And, and the story goes that he said, something happened to you. What changed? Something changed. I want what you have. She was drawing from here before she was just earthly. She was, yeah, drawing from the wrong wisdom. <clears throat> Do we get the point? Let us not reason when somebody asks us to do something. And I know there's times where if, there, if we have this other aspect in, 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 in place. But in some of these situations, there is no, you can't reason with, these, uh, with a person. And if they see that your heart is fully, that you really care and you're concerned about them, something happens. Something happens. The thing that we were trying to do didn't work. But I like the, uh, the and I, I probably should have brought along again, but the, the aspect of meekness, the whole, if you look it up in Mind's, uh, Mind's Dictionary of Words or however that uh, uh, book goes, in there, it, it, talks about, it talks about meekness. Meekness, boiled down, does not think about itself. It's over here. It's unselfish. When, you, when you're walking in uh, earthly wisdom, you're going to be selfish and there, will be not, there won't be meekness here. So, let us be encouraged to go home and draw from the fountain, draw from the fountain that, that, that wisdom that is from above. If we're drawing from the wrong fountain, if we're drawing from the earthly fountain, it's going to leave us high and dry. It's going to take us down the wrong road. Now, I have some more things here I wanted to share. I'm not quite sure when I'll go with it. Uh, Maybe I'll just try to wrap it up here. Just to zero in this thing on brokenness. Broken. God cannot use us unless we're broken. We can have all kinds of spiritual visions for God, but unless we allow God to break us, we will, not, we will be useless. Let's let God break us. How does God break us? One break at a time. One big break or, or a little at a time. <clears throat> Think about the second mile there. You know, I gave a nice, pretty nice picture of Daniel there, but let's say he's standing there and he's realizing what he needs to do and he's wrestling in his heart and his mind. <clears throat> and he allows to be broken. Say, Lord... I choose to do what this soldier is asking me to do, and I'm going to do it with the joy of the Lord. <clears throat> when we're asked to do something, do we do it with the grace of God on our hearts, or do we murmur and complain like the children of Israel? <clears throat> which, which fountain are we drawing from? And, and James actually talks about that. Which fountain are we drawing from? <clears throat> May we be encouraged to draw from the fountain that is above, the wisdom that is from above. <clears throat> Maybe just a couple more uh, 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 things here I found, talking about anger and uh, how Jesus, the excuse comes up 
people say, well, Jesus got angry. But let me give you something that I felt was very helpful for me to understand this thing. Jesus was angry, but he, was, he did not sin. The Bible says uh, to, to let not the sun go down upon your wrath, <clears throat> or to, 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 to be angry and to sin not, sorry. To be angry and to sin not. So how can you be angry? Anger is sinless only if it is selfless. It needs to be sinless. Anger, uh, Jesus got angry, but he was not, he did not sin. So if you get angry, a lot of the times the reason we get upset or we get angry is because somehow it touched me, it did something to me, it upset my day, it it did this or did that. Look at it this way, anger is sinless only if it is selfless. Is that possible to have righteous indignation? Another one here I have is uh, on judgment. We need to make judgment or but we may not pass judgment. Where am I at this morning? And the last thought here is, is, uh, is, uh, this hit me yesterday. Am I concerned about the testimony of Jesus? If I'm too much over here, if I have too many of these things in my life, Am I concerned about the testimony of Jesus? Am I concerned that Jesus is being glorified through my life? May that, may that, how should I say? May that help us to press in to drawing that wisdom that is from above. And the other thought I had with that thing of... uh, Are we concerned about the testimony of Jesus? Doesn't it in Revelation say the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy? Did you realize that if your life is in tune with what we were talking about this morning, you might be praying, Lord, I want to be a prophet or I want to prophesy. I want to see souls saved. I just want to, you know, like we read of the Finney revivals and some of those where people just, they just fell or they just like, they came to Christ in scores. And we're praying, Lord, I want to I, I be like that. Well, do you realize that the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy? And I don't know if I'm exactly seeing that right. Larry, you can correct me if I'm wrong. But I, I, I saw something that's beautiful in that. Like Jesus said, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. Brothers and sisters, we have an opportunity to leave today, to go home, and to draw from the wisdom that is from above and shake the world by the way we live. I know uh, we have heard a lot about, about uh, being testifying and preaching and all those things, and that's good and right. But we also know that if our life does not match up, we're hypocrites. So let us go home. Let us go home. Draw from the wisdom that is from above and shake the world that way. May God bless you.